Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to SFP Now. to another exciting episode of SFP Now. Uh, today we have um, a special guest on the show with us, uh, Robin Dunn, best known for Sanctuary, of course. Um, and he's going to be talking with us about his new comic book project, Rattletrap, which is currently coming towards the end of its campaign on Kickstarter and is looking like it's going to get all, all the funds it needs. Um, and he also talks about his new feature film, which is a family film called Archie. Um, in which um, he managed to get Michael J. Fox to voice um, to voice the central character, which is a talking robotic dog. Um, so, without further ado, um, you know, here's the interview. to welcome uh, Robin Dunn back to the show. Um, Robin, of course, is best known for Sanctuary and um, a lot of other thing- things besides. Um, hi, Robin. It's nice to have you back. How you yeah, doing? Yeah, it's, lo- it's lovely to be here, Ian. I-, I'm- I was trying to remember how long has it been since we've talked. I think uh, it's probably about three years. It was, um, I-, I think, think you just, um, you-, you was filming the third series, I think. Wow. You know, yeah. so it's quite a while ago. Um, back, back when I, when we were both young and innocent. <laughs> um, I don't know about me there because I, 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 was, I was, I was still in my forties back then. So, <laughs> you know. Um, okay. Um, well, you know, I've got got a few questions for you, and I guess I'd kind of like to start a little bit where we left off um, because you've been quite busy since you wrapped on Sanctuary back in two thousand and eleven. Um, yeah. So I'm just wondering, were you happy with how the series closed out? Because you know, for you, because it seemed like your character, you know, had pretty much gone underground. Yeah, I, I well, first of all, I I loved the show um, and I loved working on it. So I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't happy the show came to an end. I would have I would have been I would have worked on Sanctuary forever because I, I loved it so much. And I think I think all of us who worked on it felt the same way. I think, however. The way it came to an end was was good in a sense that Damien Kindler and, and, and the, the creative team, the writing team behind the show. I, I don't know if if I can't remember if there was if there was an inkling of maybe the show was coming to an end or they were just taking the show into a, a different direction and closing out the, the first first part of uh, the series. 
But regardless of how, however, whatever the reason was, the show ended organically. Uh, so when when this when the series did, we did find out that that we weren't coming back for a fifth season. At least at least there was there was closure there. I think I think the the, the series had a nice ending, and then all the characters got to uh, got, got to. Sort of have some closure and, and, and finish and finish it off. And I think I think one of the one of the most frustrating things for fans is when a show gets canceled. Is sometimes it's it comes out of nowhere and and you kind of just leave all these loose ends waving in the wind, and you don't know what hap- what happens to the characters and all that all that kind of stuff. And I, I think we were we were fortunate on Sanctuary to be able to to have it come to an end and 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 see see these characters off into their into their the, the next phase of their lives or whatever they may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I I think um, you know it did end a little bit funny for your character though because your your character went underground. And I'm just sort of like wondering what what do you think he'd be doing now? Do you think he'd be sort of like going between on the underground and 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 this earth? You know, it's funny. It's funny you ask that. I I I did have a a, a thought about uh, good old Will, and you know, I think I think it's possible. You know, there's there's two there's two there's two avenues that he could have gone. Uh, it's possible right now. Will is is living happily. He's a, he's a psychiatrist somewhere, and he and and Abby are happily settled down and married, and, and maybe have a kid or two. And he just has put that whole sanctuary chapter of his life behind him. Or, and I think maybe this is a more interesting path uh, idea, but I think it's possible that Will, having seen all the things that he, he saw and, and, and with all the things that he was exposed to, just could not handle real life and normal life anymore. And and not maybe not unlike a, a soldier who comes comes back from war and, and can't seem to, to, to fit into normal society. I, I think it's possible that maybe Will just kind of cut himself off and, and is living... Uh, you know, a rogue somewhere uh, doing doing his own sanctuary underground work. You know, yeah, that, that, like living in living in the in the mountains. Got a big beard. You know, mm-hmm. kind of like Rambo. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe maybe the uh, the fans can weigh in on on which which. Uh, which avenue they like for for Will? Cool. Maybe giving him the side of an active volcano with a white cat. Yeah, no, I like that too. That's definitely <laughs> great. All all of that is good. Rip, just ripped muscles, you know, from from working out and living in the in the bush, and you know, mm-hmm. you know, big scar down the middle of the that down yeah. the middle of the left eye. <laughs> big, you know, his only weapon is just a big jagged knife that he uses. Takes, you know. Yeah, that, that works. <laughs> yeah. Maybe um, the beginning, the beginning of the Will series, you, you can see him like he's like tackling down a bear, just just mm-hmm. you know for his food. Yeah, you, you, maybe you could call it when I'm not. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> Ian, we got to get writing, man. We we got to sit down and start writing the show. <laughs> oh man, I'm 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 terrible at writing. That's why I do what I do. <laughs> Um, well, since since show wrapped, you've done a number of roles, uh, including the part of Drew in in an episode of that Kath, of the Catherine Bell movies, the Good Witch movies. I think you did oh, yeah. Good Witch's Destiny. Uh, yeah. how, how did you find? How did you get involved in that? And how did you find working with that with that group of actors? Because uh, you know we, we get those movies here too, and I quite enjoy them. They're quite fun. Yeah, I mean. Uh, I uh, I was kind of just looking for different stuff after Sanctuary, and that came along. Um, great great series of movies, and, and obviously now a TV series as well. And 
it was just a different kind of character and also a different a different genre of, of movie obviously than, than something like sanctuary so it was a lot of fun and, and working with Catherine Bell she's she's a lovely lovely actress and and uh, yeah a, a lot of fun and you know those those kind of heartfelt uh, movies they really travel well they, they people see them all over the world and and uh, it's it's fun to be part of them I, I've done I've done a couple Christmas movies as well and uh, the same kind of feeling, uh, you know, good, good heart, heartwarming uh, entertainment for people. Uh, and, you know, also my mom loves them. So if, uh, if I can, you know, I think my mom, my mom didn't like Sanctuary. She said it was too scary. She liked it, but she said it was too scary for her. <laughs> so uh, if every now and then I can, I can do get a project that, that mom likes too, that, that, that works. Yeah, I, I kind of watched those because Catherine Byrne, I've kind of followed her since Jack, when, when, she, when she was on Jack. Yeah, she, I mean, she's so lovely. Um, I, I, unfortunately for her, she's just so unattractive. It must be difficult for her. <laughs> yeah. not, not a, not a, no, I'm kidding. She's a gorgeous woman, but also uh, lovely as well. And so that's always a nice combination. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that certainly comes across um, as well. Um, you know, I've, I've actually spoke to a few few other people that I've actually worked with, and they all say the same thing. That's that she's really good to work with. Oh yeah, no, really lovely. lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, another show you was involved with was uh, the Sci-Fi Channel series um, Defiance. Defiance, yeah. And in, and in that you played Miko, or is it Miko? He was a rather Miko. nasty piece of work. Um, you know that. You know that that kind of saw you having to wear prosthetic makeup a little bit, and um, it was also you was also a villain in that. Um, what was that like for you? Was that more fun for you as an actor the, doing a video? The, the thing about uh, Defiance was I came onto the show. I think it was in the first. I think it was the first season, and they had a they had a character that I was going to play, but it, it didn't really story wise. He didn't really pan out, and he ended up only just being in, in one episode. And, and it was fine. That was it was a lot of fun. But um, Kevin Murphy, the, the showrunner, I think he was like he, he wanted to find something more for me. So in in the second season, they brought me back as a different character, uh, a guy named Kai. And I think because because I'd already been on the show as a different character, they want they wanted to make sure I looked really really different. So they made Kai an Arathian. No, he was he was an Arathian. And therefore, I, I was going through a lot of prosthetic makeup every day just to make myself look really different. And, and I tell you, that show uh, was such a blast to work on. And what a what a great, wonderful group of people. Uh, you know, Stephanie Leonidas and I had most of our stuff to do together. Um, uh, a London girl, lovely London girl, mm-hmm. um, Grant Bowler, uh, fantastic fella. Just, it just, it was one of these jobs where, and I've said this before about other other gigs. When you when you come onto a show as an actor uh, on a show that's already been running and, and everybody's been working together for for some time, and, and you, there's a tendency to feel like you're you're the new kid in school. And, you know, you, sometimes you don't feel like you really belong. It take, takes a while to belong. But there, there are certain sets, and, and Defiance is certainly one of them, where the moment you, you arrive on set, you're, you're so welcomed by everybody that uh, you, you felt like you were there for since the beginning. And, and that's how my experience on Defiance. Just a, a lovely group of people. Um, you know, can't say enough about Grant Baller, a lovely guy and a great leader. And, and you know, Amanda Tapping is this same kind of uh, actor. 
There, there's a there's a specific thing about uh, the person who's number one on the call sheet. Uh, not only uh, the, there's a lot of responsibility there. Number one is uh, not only do you have to you're the lead of the show, so you're carrying the show, but you're also um, you know you've got the the captain's armband on, and you you set the tone for uh, how the show is going to be and, and and the feeling of the of, of what the set is going to be like. And um, you know so, uh, we obviously Amanda Tapping uh, is. She's a consummate leader, makes everybody feel comfortable, um, very generous, uh, never never looks at it as her show, always looks at it as, as an ensemble piece. And uh, that, that really goes a long way. And, and um, just going from Sanctuary and then go, getting on to Defiance and seeing Grant being that same kind of guy, that same you know, team, very team player, wants to make sure everybody uh, everybody's comfortable and feels good and feels part of the team. It's it's a really special thing, and you know, I I um I, I hope that that actors learn from people like that because that's mm-hmm. that's the way to be in this business. Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't really sort of like make quality TV show or, or film if if you if you're being a nasty prick all the time, you know. <laughs> well, that, that's true, and and you know there, there is something too about and and I, I've said this before about Sanctuary. There's something intangible that I don't think necessarily the the viewer, the audience knows exactly can pinpoint what it is, but. When you have a group of people working together on a show and everybody likes each other and everybody loves being there and everybody really, really appreciates what they're doing on this particular show, that comes through for the audience. And there's there's something intangible that that, that translates to, to the viewer. And, and, um, and certainly that's set by the by the, 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 the higher ups, the, the producers of the show and, and the star. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, Define Sunday this year, it's another show that came to an end, but um, I think like Sanctuary, I have a feeling that they knew they were gonna, that, that this was going to be the last series in a sense, because the last episode, it actually felt like a finale to me. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think again, they, they and, and maybe Kevin Murphy had a, had a sixth sense about it or, or whatever, but I, they, I feel like you know, and again, it's disappointing for for, fan, for fans of a show when it, when it ends. But at least there's there's some satisfying uh, wrap up there where it's not just you know going on hiatus and hoping to come back next season, and then you find out the show ends, and then there's you know, we don't know what happens to these characters. So yeah, I, th- I think I think you know I, I was I was sorry to see Defiance go. Um, had not really being part of the show anymore, but just just because I, I, I have such a, a great feeling for the, all those people in that gang of making it. But yeah, at, at least they got that same kind of closure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's another show that I really enjoyed is Defiance. Um, I never got to play the video game because I didn't have the right console. But <laughs> yeah, I never played the video game either, and, and I you know I'm one of these kind of dolts that I, I, I you know I'm kind of behind the times in, in certain respects when it comes to things like video games and stuff. So. I didn't even know there was a, a, a comic, um, a video game of the series until I was uh, I was corrected about on the, on the set. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it was actually a very ambitious project, sci-fi. They actually launched it with a video game during its first series, and, and the video game kind of tied into the plot of the series and, and vice versa a little bit. So, yeah, they yeah. they launched them both together, right? Yeah, yeah, it was um, it was it was a pretty cool idea, but I think the series kind of like moved much more, much much more beyond the video game, unfortunately. But you know, there's still people playing that game. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
another project you've been you, you're working on it's actually due out soon um it's one that you've written and acted in it's called archie uh which sounds rather cute yeah. <laughs> um about a robotic dog what what how did that come idea come about <laughs> well you know I've, I've been a writer for for quite some time and and uh i when i'm not i've been lucky to, to be able to diversify myself in the business and and so when i when i'm not acting i'm, I'm writing and, and creating projects so uh, my good pal and, and producer Shane Putzlocker, uh, he was. We were talking a couple years ago, and he was looking to to start producing some family movies. And we were kind of brainstorming on ideas. And I said, you know, I I, I think uh, in in the in the talking dog genre of film, uh, we we haven't really seen uh, a robot dog like Robo Dog, basically is what what we originally were were calling it. And uh, he said, well, great. And so I, I went off and wrote it, and um, it came together quite nicely. And, and I, I was I was fortunate enough to be able to direct the movie as well. And yeah, it's it's about a a girl who's her parents have passed away. She comes to a small town to live with her uncle. Uh, and she feels alone and kind of out of sorts and a fish out of water, and she finds this stray dog, and this stray dog can do all these amazing things, like talk and move at blinding speed and has x-ray vision and all kinds of stuff, and she finds out that, that he's actually a robot. He's been created in a lab, so she... She takes him in and says, "Look, you know, you can't you can't let anybody know that you can do all these amazing things because if if people find out, then you're, you're, you're they're going they're going to take you away." But of course, Archie, uh, being the, the cheeky bugger that he is, uh, he can't kind of keep his his amazing talents to himself, and people <laughs> people start finding out and. Bad guys come looking for him, and it was it was a we're just a, we're just actually in finishing the final uh, little pieces of post production within the next week, and it'll be it'll be completely completed. Um, if that's a that's a saying, but um, it was it was a blast to to, to make that film and, and to see something from script stage all the way through was really uh, quite a treat for me. And we we got to we cast uh, Michael J. Fox as the voice of Archie, which was just such an amazing experience. We went to New York to re to record with Michael, and you know I'm I'm not a I'm a guy who's I'm appreciative of of actors and 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 stars and. Uh, icons but uh and I, but i don't get starstruck really but i will tell you when uh, when michael j fox walks into the room uh, and you're just kind of hanging out and talking to, to marty mcfly it's uh it's quite a treat quite an wow. experience what a, such a lovely man um you know he, he could have come in and and just been like look this is a little gig you know just tell me what to do and kind of get it get me in and out but uh, Michael was, was really, really invested in it. Uh, we, we sat and talked about the script before before we recorded, and he had ideas and, and thoughts, and, and he was he was really quite he was really quite invested in, in the piece, and, and, and that was it was just a, it was a blast. It was a great day hanging out with him, and, and now you know we you make this movie, and, and you, the act, you know the actors in the movie were all very wonderful. Are, are acting to this dog, but of course he's not speaking because real dogs don't talk. I, I don't want to burst your you know, burst your bubble there, Ian, but they don't. Um, oh damn! I'm good now. So, sorry, man. I crushed you. I know. So disappointed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but then when you when you see it come together and then you see the cut and and it's Michael J. Fox in there, it just it's it's fantastic. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited to uh, that'll be coming out uh, the beginning of the year. 
and uh, it was it was it was a real blast. Is it is it for TV or is it um, is it actually for theatres? It it'll it'll yeah it'll I mean it'll go it'll go it'll go theatrical a little bit and then it'll be you know on every every place you could find movies Netflix you know all all, all the normal outlets and then it'll eventually go to TV as well. Yeah, because I I still want to see that film because it's, you know there's a funny bit in the training where 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 is the other vet? <laughs> Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I, I uh, and he and he gets he gets the kind of the, the rectal exam and, and the, the vet gets electrocuted. Yeah, I, I, um, you know, I, I couldn't help I couldn't help putting but some of my my uh, my humor into the script, and, and that's definitely a scene. And then there's also something that I think if you if you like that piece, there's also a sequence which we're we're calling Fartgate. Uh, <laughs> Where uh, you know there, there, there's a there's a diner in the movie and, and maybe some chili gets spiked with farting powder and I'll leave it I'll leave I'll leave it with like at uh, that but uh, I think you'll you'll quite enjoy it. Mm. Well, you know I just think it's great you got Michael J. Fox on board like you say. I mean I've seen I've seen lots of uh, interviews with him o- over the years and you know he just seems a really nice down to earth kind of bloke. You know he kind of yeah he's lovely and and you know a real artist too. We really he, he was I guess. You know, being the director, I, I mean, he, he may have sensed my trepidation uh, to giving him direction. I mean, he's Michael J. Fox, but but he was really encouraged. Like, yeah, hey, no, tell me, tell me what you want to do, and let's like, make, you know, let's make sure we get it right. And and uh, he was he was really gracious. It was it was a uh, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And another film that you've written, and you also, um, I think, you're starring in, uh, or, or you, and, and um, you've directed as well, is um, Adventure Adventure Club. The, the Adventure Club. Yeah, I did. I didn't actually directed a fellow named Jeff Anderson uh, a pal of mine he directed it but I I did write the movie and uh, and I, I, I was acting in it as well and that's a, that's another really fun movie uh, it's it's about these kids who find this uh, thing called a wish box that grants a magical wish box it grants wishes so they're they're kind of they, they don't know what to do with it they're like what, what do we use our wishes for and and then, of course, uh, some bad guys, like these archaeologists, evil archaeologists, are coming looking for it, and they have to kind of escape these guys and and uh, and uh, and keep their wish box and be able to use it for something that they need and to save to save their uh, their, their local science center. Uh, a lot of fun. It was kind of a little bit paying homage to to Goonies, mm-hmm. that, that kind of '80s movie, which which of course is is my genre, and I, I love those films. So it was great to work in that kind of film, and uh, Billy Zane is the bad guy in it, and he's wacky and great and, and fantastic actor. Great to hang out with him. So yeah, it, it was, uh, and that those. So after Archie, we went we went pretty much right in right into uh, the Adventure Club. So it's it's been quite a bit a busy few months for me. Yeah, and you've also got um, at, at present it's got about a week to go. You have Rattle Shack, Rattle Trap, yeah, R- Rattle Trap. So, Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, um, and so yeah, Rattle Trap is, is uh, you know, I, I, I had some time in the last year or so, and I, I've had this story in my head for a long time about uh, this space adventure film about uh, a, a universe, and there's, there's, there's a star that their universe is, is, uh, exists around, 
is is dying, and so they have to go and find a, a star seedling to replenish their their sun, basically. And uh, these two young these two young people venture off on this spaceship they they that they make out of uh, garbage. They live on a garbage planet, so they make this spaceship out of garbage, and they they venture off into these treacherous galaxies looking for the star seedling to save their universe. It was just something that I've been thinking about a lot for a long time, and you know, over the years making more notes about it, and and so finally about a a couple of years ago now, I, I, I sat down and wrote the screenplay, and uh, you know I, I'm very I'm very happy with the screenplay. I think it's I think it's a great piece, but it, it is one of those things. Given the economics of the business, which is something as an artist you always have to think about, it's a very it's a very expensive uh, movie to make. A big, mm-hmm. It would be a big studio film. So th- then I was presented with the, the 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 challenge of well, how do I how do I take this screenplay that I love and and create creates a structure around it so that it has a chance to be made into a movie. And um, uh, that's when I, I, I teamed up with uh, this really cool comic book company uh, called um, Underbelly Comics. And uh, the fellow who runs the, the, the company, Adam Jack, he said, well, why don't we why don't we put a make a, a graphic novel out of the out of your screenplay and, and, and that gives it a little bit momentum uh, more momentum and uh, you know cre- creates a creates a brand out of this piece so so we've, we've put it up on Kickstarter we're you know we're almost two-thirds of the way there we got a week to go so you know we still have some some ground to make up but uh, I'm confident we're gonna get there and you know and one of the reasons why I, I, I one of the many reasons why I wanted to do this is that you know we live in a world that we we just spoke about uh, defiance and how that's based off of a video game and, and so many so many uh, of the movies and, and television shows that we see these days are, are based in pre-awareness they're existing mm-hmm. titles they're sequels or prequels and not that, I mean and I love that I mean don't get me wrong I'm, I'm gonna be right there in line to watch the the new Star Wars coming out but Absolutely. Uh, it's also it's hard it's hard for new things to break in, and, and um, you know you really got to find a way to, to, to put your put your product out there on the map. And and I think we do need new stuff. We need we need new stories as much as we love as much as we love the stuff the the, the sequels and, and, and stuff that's been around uh, and appreciate those things. We also need to grow and, and have new stories being told. So uh, I'm committed to that, and and uh, we'll, we'll get this first uh, graphic novel of Rattletrap off the ground and. And also, I'm really excited about the idea of, uh, of the graphic novel avenue because you know there are other there are other uh, properties out there that uh, could be can be continued in in a, in a graphic novel form. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate all the support that that we've gotten, and we need some more. So anybody out there listening, um, uh, go to Rattletrap at Kickstarter and uh, and uh, check it out. Yeah, well, you know, um, and I've got um, I've got quite a few friends in the UK comics industry. Um, so and I kind of know what it's like, and it's also you know what you said about you know we need new stories. We do need new stories, but the sad sad thing is, you know, big production companies and 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 things like that they're not really willing to take chances on new stories. It's all like uh, let's make another Star Wars movie. You know, we know it works. It's a formula, and we can make loads of money. Yeah, and, and you know, I I uh, I respect that. I mean, I understand that that standpoint. I mean. Uh, studios are making are spending a lot of money on these things, so they want to make sure that um, they that they're it's a, it's a, as a sure bet as possible. I mean, nothing's a sure bet, but but 
at least they have something uh, something going for them. And, and so I understand that where it's like, well, this was based on a book. This book sold really well, so that's a good thing. Uh, or this was this is a sequel of a movie that did really well. You know, they're 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 trying to hedge their bets. So what it's what it is, so it's our job as as creators and, and as creative people is to to develop new stuff, but also figure out ways to uh, show potential investors or, or or studios or production companies that look there there is a there is a desire for this out there. There is a there is an audience. There there's a fan base for these kinds of things. And given given uh, you know the internet, social media, things like Kickstarter. These are all fantastic tools for us to be able to, to to go out and prove that and say, hey, look, you know, people do want to see this thing, you know, as opposed to just having a, a screenplay that's, you know, that's that's a much more of a shot in the dark. Mm-hmm. Well, I know, I know, you know, you're 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 a huge science fiction and genre fan like myself, and um, you know, next month we have, as you just already pointed out, we have Star Wars: The Force Awakens due out. Um, are you as excited as everyone else about it? And you know what, what? What parts of it are you kind of looking forward to? Well, you know, Ian, it's funny. I, I I found myself kind of staying away. From, I mean, obviously, you can't stay. It's ubiquitous. You, there's no staying away from it. But I found myself not really delving into it too much. I, of course, people send me, "Hey, this is the new trailer," and I've seen a few of the new things, and it looks fantastic. But I, there's a there's a part there's a couple things going on with me I think. Firstly, and I don't like bashing things, but you know the the, the, the prequel trilogy sucked. <laughs> the last set of prequels, I, I, I think I, I think I'm, I'm I'm not being unkind to say we're disappointing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think maybe I, now I know this is a new game and and JJ Abrams. I love what he did with the Star Trek franchise. I mean, he's this, if there's anybody to do it right. He's the guy, so I'm not really worried about it. But I think there's there's part of me that's like, uh, I don't know, you know, I I Star Wars, those first three Star Wars are pretty pretty golden to me, and and I don't know, I mean, I don't know, they're almost untouchable, right? It, it would be like I don't know somebody trying to recreate the Beatles or something. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think I think they're gonna be great, but uh, I'm a little trepidatious. Uh, you know, I I don't know about you, but I I did this movie called Space Milkshake a few years ago, and and what I what I, with Amanda and, and, and Billy Boyd and some other people, you know what what I love about and that was we did we did kind of a throwback to the uh, paying homage to the seventies those seventies sci fi movies. What I love about um, the seventies sci fi movies is is yes, computer graphics uh, have given us are amazing and given us all these opportunities in, in the industry, but. Back in the 70s, they didn't have that kind of stuff. They, so they, they had to figure stuff out practically, you know. So like the beginning of, you know, Star Wars where they're they're coming into the you – know, Darth Vader's coming into the ship. I mean they're just like literally shaking the camera and stuff. And I, I love that kind of lo-fi sci-fi element mm-hmm. to those movies. And what I think was so disappointing amongst many other things, but what I think was ultimately most disappointing for me in the, in the, in the newer three Star Wars, like I can't – what are they, the middle three or no. – yeah, they're, they're the first three. It's a prequel they're, the, they're the prequels. Yeah, right, right. They're the prequels. But there was so much CGI, you know, that it kind of took away from it. And and now even they they put CGI into the original three Star Wars that you we can't I can't see the Star Wars without without that. And so I, I think there's an overuse of CGI in a lot of our our um, our sci-fi movies. Well, all, all movies, but particularly sci-fi movies. And um, 
I, I, I'm just kind of going. I hope, I hope these new Star Wars movies aren't don't go overboard with this with the with the CGI. CGI should be like a beautiful thing in the background that you don't really notice that enhances everything. But uh, if it's too in your face, uh, I don't know. But having said that, I think it's going to be great. I think what I may do is I don't know if I'm going to get in line and, and see it on the first couple of days. It's going to be insane. Um, I might I might try to hold out as long as possible, uh, but I, I can't guarantee it's going to be too long. Um, or like maybe go to like a 10 a.m. Sh- screening on, on a Tuesday afternoon. Probably still be packed though. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try and go see a matinee. Um, yeah. You know, an afternoon. You know, because um, at our theatre here in Old Tringham, town where I live, um, it's usually so like on the matinee shows, regardless of how big the movie is, you don't really get that many people in. Yeah. You know, it's usually it's usually after you know after four o'clock when kids are getting out of school and everything. That's when it starts to ring. Really Go crazy! Yeah, yeah. Um, another thing we've recently learned about is there's a new Star Trek series uh, going into production at CBS. Uh, you got any plans on auditioning for that? <laughs> Hey, hey, look! If, if they'll if they'll have me audition, I will definitely. Um, yeah, that's 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 really interesting, and and I think they've just wrapped on the third Star Trek movie, right? Yeah, they have. Um, yeah, Star Trek Beyond. I'm still getting used to that title. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, again, I think I think like they they did a great job. I, I I know that people weren't blown away with this the second Star Trek Into Darkness, but I like I really really liked it, you know. And again, on the subject of, of CGI, I'm sure they used a, a a ton of CGI in, in both those movies, but it was really kind of a in the background. It, w- it was wasn't really too in your face, which I, I quite liked. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And yeah, if, uh, if they'll have uh, invite me to an audition for that show, I, I will be there. Okay, well, um, you know, best of luck with uh, Rattle Trap and uh, and Archie. I'm hoping hoping everything does well for you. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, once it's uh, once it's all done and stuff, I'll, I'll send you some stuff on it. Um, I think you really like it. Cool. Well, thanks for being on the show again, um, you know, Robin. It's been been great speaking to you, and um, yeah. hopefully we can have you on again in future. Yeah, anytime. Uh, it's always always a pleasure speaking to you. Okay, thanks a lot. Bye. about wraps uh, wraps things up for this week um, i'd like to thank robin for uh, volunteering to be interviewed um, for the show um if you are interested in rattle trap you can go over to kickstarter.com and uh, just type in a keyword search for robin dunn's rattle trap and you'll find the site there and you know if you're interested in pledging some funds to make the comic book go uh, you can still do so there's um there's about two three days currently left on the campaign and it's very very nearly at its target so it'd be great if we could make this possible um thanks again all for listening uh, we'll be back at you with another show next week bye for now <laughs>